Hello, and welcome to the BTG Podcast. I am your host, Jen Fable of BTG Wellness and LiveLifeUnbroken.com. BTG stands for Bridge the Gap, and it is inspired by my own healing journey. After receiving seven different mental health diagnoses by the age of 19, I quickly realized that there was a massive gap between what I believed and understood in my head and what I truly felt in my heart. And no matter how many therapists I went to, I couldn't seem to bridge that gap until I found the tools and information that I share in my one-on-one private sessions, trainings, and right here on this podcast. My goal is to help you begin to bridge that gap by bringing you different topics related to mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. And in case you didn't know, this podcast is recorded live during my weekly Zoom virtual healing circles. These are weekly virtual gatherings that are 100% free, and no RSVP is required. So you are welcome to come whenever you can and stay as long as you want. Each week, we open the space with a candle meditation, after which I will share with you my favorite grounding practices and lead you through a circle casting, guided meditation and breath work, followed by a soul-inspiring gratitude practice. If you are interested in learning more about how you can continue your journey and experience my virtual healing circles in real time, please visit www.btgwellness.com circle and join my free circle membership. Of course, if you like what you hear in today's episode, please remember to leave a review and share the love by sharing this episode with your friends, family, and social network. And as always, if you have any questions, please know you can always reach out to me through my website at www.btgwellness.com or through email or social media. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Virtual Healing Circle with me, Jen Fable of BTG Wellness and LiveLifeUnbroken.com. And tonight, I want to talk to you about your inner saboteur. Now, this is the first part in a four-part series that we're going to be covering, looking at the four most important archetypes for healing and survival. And we'll be starting with my favorite archetype, the saboteur. So why is this important? This is important because each of us works with 12 archetypes in our lifetime four which are universal and are connected to healing and survival, including the saboteur. These archetypes run in the background of all our beliefs, all our thoughts, all our actions, all our behaviors, and so it's important to understand how they operate. This is important because each archetype has a huge impact on your work, on your relationships, on your spirituality, on your finances, and on your highest potential. And this is important because learning how to recognize the patterns, instead of ignoring or rationalizing or denying them, can allow you to find deeper and more meaningful healing on your journey. So what exactly is an archetype? According to Swiss psychologist Carl Jung, Archetypes are patterns of thoughts and beliefs that are stored in the collective unconscious. Rather than being a blank slate that is influenced purely by our environment, 
Jung proposed that we are each born with a collective unconscious that contains a set of shared memories and ideas which we can all identify with regardless of the culture that we're born into or the time period in which we live. While we cannot communicate through the collective unconscious, we can recognize some of the same ideas innately, including archetypes. Archetype is Greek, and its literal translation is original pattern or model. And they are symbolic images or templates that we unconsciously understand. For example, the wise old man, or the wounded hero, or the evil villain or the Joker. Each one of these identities brings to mind instinctively a specific set of beliefs, of patterns of behavior, of values, that even though we can't necessarily always put into words, we instinctively recognize and understand. Archetypes are often incarnated as characters in myths, in novels, in films. If you ever saw the James Bond spy series, M embodies the mother archetype. Harry Potter is the orphan child. You may also recognize from Hallmark movies, the damsel in distress. Archetypes are featured everywhere in our culture because of their deep innate meaning at the unconscious level. And each archetype represents different issues, different fears, different vulnerabilities that you need to confront and overcome as part of your sacred contract, which is something we talked about back in episode 67 of the podcast, if you wanted to go back and get the recap. As a result, each archetype is deeply involved in your most pressing challenges related to survival, and they reveal your ability to exercise your power, or lack of it, in many crucial areas of your life. Now, Carolyn Meese, who is a five-time New York Times best-selling author and internationally renowned speaker in the field of human consciousness, spirituality, and mysticism, claims that we each work with 12 archetypal patterns in each of our lifetimes, eight which are unique to us and four which are universal, meaning they are shared by all of us. Now, some common archetypes you may recognize from popular culture are things like the gossip, the damsel, the magician, the dreamer, the visionary, the martyr, the bully, the diva, the politician. Each one of these archetypes brings to mind certain sets of behaviors, of beliefs, of ways of being in the world, and because these templates are so ingrained in our psyche, we recognize them and talk about them a lot in our society. Now, the four archetypes of healing and survival that are common to all of us are the saboteur, the child, the victim, and the prostitute. Each one of these are very popular in pop culture. In fact, you might recognize them all from a very popular film called The Wizard of Oz. In The Wizard of Oz, the saboteur is represented by the scarecrow. If I only had a brain, I would have some choice. The child is represented by Dorothy, who believes that there's no place like home. The victim is the cowardly lion, who believes that if he only had courage, he could conquer the world. And the Tin Man represents the archetype of the prostitute. If I only had a heart, I wouldn't need to sell myself to everyone. 
Now we're going to go through these each one by one over the coming weeks and episodes. And today we're going to start with my favorite archetype, the saboteur. Now, before we get into the saboteur archetype, I wanted to remind you that despite the negative connotations of their names, all archetype energies are neutral. We like to think that the victim is bad and the hero is good, but the truth is that the archetype energy itself is neutral. Now, each archetype does have two components, the shadow and the light, and the more conscious you can remain about the archetypal patterns influencing your behavior, the more likely that your choices and lessons will be positive. The shadow shows us the parts that are buried deep, deep, deep within, occupying our unconscious mind and often only emerging unexpectedly and in destructive ways, while the light aspect shows the opportunities to reach our highest potential and live from a place of gentleness, integrity, and power. So let's talk about the saboteur. Regardless of what you might think, the saboteur archetype is actually the guardian of choice. It is the part of you that knows that there's always choice available to you. Its lesson is to teach you how to become courageous, how to develop instinct and intuition, how to learn how to examine your self-worth through shining a spotlight on your fears. The role of the saboteur archetype is to teach you all the ways that you are undermining yourself. It embodies the fear of change, the resistance of our personal truth, the shying away from personal opportunities, the fear of taking responsibility for ourselves and what we create. The saboteur archetype is all about choice. This is the survival archetype that gives us an endless litany of all the reasons why something is not a good idea, why we're not good enough, why it can't work. The saboteur does not like change. It denies personal responsibility. It likes to avoid looking at what we do not like or do not want to face. When we do this, we can then project it onto others and exhibit self-destructive behavior, which sabotages our efforts to be more responsible. When this happens, we end up undermining ourselves and our dreams and then blaming the other person or the people around us for that thing instead. In The Wizard of Oz, the Scarecrow is the embodiment of the saboteur archetype. First, he points in one direction and then another because he can't make up his mind. He's stuck on a pole and announces that he's a failure because he hasn't got a brain. Now, because all archetype energies are neutral, Having the saboteur in your life does not mean that you are doomed, because there is the light side and the shadow side. When our saboteur archetype is in shadow, we are resistant to change. We will avoid looking at what we don't like or what we don't want to face. We project our insecurities on the people around us. If only my boss wasn't a jerk, I'd be successful. If only my partner was more loving, I'd feel more loved. If only, if only, if only. If only my parents hadn't fucked me up royally in my childhood, I would be where I want to be. When our saboteur archetype is in shadow, we like to blame others for what is going on in our life rather than taking responsibility for ourselves. When we bring this archetype into the light, this is where we get a chance to shine a light on where we're making excuses and holding ourselves back. This archetype is all about helping us develop discernment to recognizing where we have choice. And what I love about this archetype is that it's connected to the devil card in tarot. 
Now, if you're familiar with this card, you will know that the devil card shows a Baphomet, or a horned goat of Mendes, a creature that is half man, half goat. The Baphomet originally represented the balance between good and evil, male and female, human and animal. However, more recently, this figure has been linked to the occult and has somehow become a scapegoat for all things considered quote-unquote evil. Chained to this Baphomet figure are a man and a woman, both naked and chained to the podium on which the devil sits. Now, at first value, it may seem like this is a terrible and negative card, but if you look more closely, you'll notice some interesting details. For instance, the devil has his right hand raised and is making what you might recognize if you're a Star Trek fan as the Vulcan salute, the live long and prosper symbol, which is actually a Jewish blessing. The reason it showed up in Star Trek, by the way, is because Leonard Nimoy, the main character who played Spock, was Jewish, and so he brought this into the films and the TV shows. But the symbol itself is the sign of the high priests and priestesses. It is the sign of those closest to the divine. So where at first glance it seems like this is a card of evil and the devil, the devil is actually making the sign of someone who's closest to God, closest to the divine. If you look closely at the two figures on the card, the man and the woman who are in chains, you will notice that the chains around their necks are loose and could easily be removed, which means that they are not chained to the devil because of force. They are there because they don't realize that they have choice. The devil card and the saboteur archetype are all about how we are the ones keeping ourselves stuck. In every situation where you fear that you have no choice, check again. The chains are loose and are just waiting for you to take them off. The devil card and the saboteur represents your shadow or darker side, the part of you that holds you back, the part of you that believes that you have no choice, that you are just the victim of your situations. The saboteur is all about the areas of your life where you have tricked yourself into thinking you have no control over your shadow self or negative forces, that you can never break free from their hold. The thing is, is that the chains are loose. The choice has always been yours. You are connected and chained to a figure who is closest to God and the divine, and your ability to move and have free will and choice is 100% dependent on you. And so the saboteur archetype is all about recognizing all the places in our life where we are the ones keeping ourselves stuck. So how to recognize saboteur behavior? How do you know when the little saboteur is popping up and looking for healing in your life? If you set a new plan into motion only to end up undermining it, then your saboteur is likely hiding in shadow. If you begin a new relationship and then end up ending it because you begin to imagine all the ways it could go wrong, then your saboteur is hiding in shadow. If you start the day with a positive intention, like today I'm going to work out, today I'm going to eat well, and then you give in to temptation by lunch, that's a sign that your saboteur is running in shadow. If you are ignoring your inner voice out of fear of what others will think, if you are giving in to societal and peer pressure, if you are keeping the job you hate because it's the right thing to do, even though you hate it and deep down know you could do better, then your saboteur is likely hiding in shadow. If you find yourself resisting opportunities to expand and develop yourself, that's a sign your saboteur is in shadow. 
If you are making excuses as to why you can't, why you shouldn't, why it won't work, why it's not going to happen, even though it's something you're feeling called to do, that's a sign that your inner saboteur is in shadow. And if you're feeling paralyzed about making a decision because making that decision will cause your world to change, that's a sign that your saboteur is running in shadow. And how do you heal this part of you? How do you bring your inner saboteur into the light? It's actually quite easy. Develop your intuition. In order to overcome the challenges of this archetype, we need to learn how to balance the three parts of our brain. The reptilian brain, which is our gut instinct. The limbic brain, which is our emotional center. And the rational brain, which is our thinking, thinking, logical self. It is when we are able to move between these three parts of us easily. It's when in every situation we know what our gut wants, we know what our emotions are saying, and we know what is logical. And when we find a balance between the three, that we can start to bring the saboteur into the light. The problem is a lot of us run around using our rational brain only. And when we do that, we yeah but ourselves out of our goals, our hopes, our dreams, our greatest ambitions. Or we are completely run by our emotions, our logical mind is nowhere to be found, and we are just running on the feedback mechanism of emotions and spinning in circles. When we know how to tune into our gut instinct, when we know how to use our emotions as feedback, when we know how to use our rational self to fill in the details, when we are bridging the gap between our head and our heart, That is when the saboteur can come up out of the shadows and live in the light. So healing this part of you is really easy. It's all about developing your intuition in whatever way that means. Now, of course, I'm biased and I happen to love the tools that I use. So if you are looking to heal this part of you, please reach out and let's have a chat. So some key concepts to remember. Remember that despite the name and all the possible negative connotations, All archetypes, including the saboteur, are neutral. Remember that your saboteur is the guardian of choice, and therefore it's calling on you to bridge the gap and learn how to tune into your inner wisdom and knowing. It is calling on you to balance the three parts of your brain, to know when to use your intuition, how to balance it with emotions, and how to use your logic to get things done. If any one of these parts are out of balance, your saboteur will remain hidden in shadow. And remember that healing your saboteur is what allows you to show up more authentically without all the fear and without all the doubt. And that's what makes it so important. And as always, I want to remind you to decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. Knowing that you have choice that you have the ability to live your life however you want, and that you are the one keeping yourself stuck, can be a hard pill to swallow for some of us, especially when our saboteur is really hiding deep in the shadows. So just decide you want it more than you're afraid of it, and that's always the decision that will begin to shine a light and move that saboteur out where it can be seen. And as always, if you have any questions about anything from tonight's circle or podcast, please know you can always reach out to me through one of my websites, btgwellness.com or livelifeunbroken.com or through email or through social media. How do you, how do you begin to work with your saboteur? How do you know sort of you're making any progress? Uh, Often I live in a world of plan and then a contingency because, you know, because it's, it's, it may or may not work out. 
Um, so I, I need to have a backup plan. That's just my personality, I think. But how do I know to when it's worked out? Because I'm, I'm also the person who says, oh, well, that didn't go exactly how I planned, but on to the next thing. Right. So when you know that in any situation there's choice, when you are taking responsibility for all aspects of your experience. So there's a difference between saying, look, I didn't choose this. What happened What's happening right now. I didn't choose it. And whatever is happening in my life must be the sum total of all my conscious and unconscious decisions. So somehow, on some level, I called this to me. When we are living in the rational brain only, when our saboteur is in shadow, we will have the illusion of life is happening to me, life is unfair, I got the short end of the stick, I am being shafted somehow, and I just got to learn to deal with this crappy hand that I was dealt. When the saboteur is in light, we get to say things like, all right, this is happening, I didn't choose it, and clearly this is part of what I need to learn. For example, not recording something. <laughs> I could easily be like, oh no, but okay, I guess this is the experience I needed right now. So that's fine. I know I have choice. I can do it later. We can do all sorts of things. So when your saboteur is in light, when things happen, you roll with it, not because you've overthought a contingency plan and figured out all the I's that you have to dot and the T's that you need to cross, but because you know that you have choice in every situation and that everything that happens in your life is a result of a conscious or unconscious decision. Therefore, you have full power over the experience that you have in every given moment. So if you are having that experience, then ta-da, it's in light. If you're not, if you find that you're constantly having to fight to be right, if you find that you always have to like have a backup plan and a plan B and C and D and Q and R, <laughs> and if you don't have all those lined up, then you can't relax then that's an indication that you don't have as much choice as you thought and there are aspects of your saboteur and shadow. I just call it an escape route. <laughs> yes, the saboteur will give it some really nice names to rationalize it. <laughs> and it's still in shadow. It's still in shadow. Uh, yeah, just um, worrying about a way to tune into your intuition because like I try to, I, you know, sometimes I'm conscious of it and trying to tune into my intuition and not follow my thinking mind so much. And uh, it's, it's one thing to say that. Um, and I'm just wondering if, you know, cause when you just try to do it, it just, um, just seems very difficult sometimes. And uh, just wondering if you could talk about maybe, a, you know, a, some way of tuning into that. Absolutely. So, I mean, I am, highly biased. I like to use the tools I use to tune in. Um, one of those is by changing the story we tell about our experience. So am I talking about my world from my rational brain and trying to make it make sense and fit? Or am I allowing my experience to unfold how it's meant to? Um, tuning into your intuition is about listening to that part of you that is quieter and neutral. If the thought comes with any kind of a big, big, big emotion, it's not your intuitive self. Your intuitive guidance is not going to be like, oh my God, there's something out to get you. That's your fear. The part of you that if you get something that comes up and it's just neutral, like, oh, 
I feel like I should go for a walk today. So for example, tonight I went to the cupboard and I wanted to get myself a peppermint tea because that's what I thought would be good for my stomach because my tummy's been kind of like weird today. And I'm like, that makes sense. Peppermint tea is what makes sense. I get to my cupboard and there's just a little voice that's neutral, like, no, the green tea is what you need tonight. I'm like, is it? Like, yep. And it was neutral. It wasn't based on, I need this because there was no explanation along with it. It was just a very neutral, this is what you're going to do. So your intuition is always a very neutral voice. And it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to take action on it. I could have heard the voice saying, no, go have the green tea and been like, that doesn't make sense. And then rationalize it away, which is out of balance. Instead, I've learned how to take action on that voice. And I'll tell you, every single time I do, there's always a reason. Every time I follow that very neutral voice, not the one that's like, gah, but that's just very like, it's very meh. It's very blah. It's very neutral. When I let myself follow that guidance and actually take action on it, I start to build my confidence in my intuitive self. And so building your intuition is about listening to the messages while you're listening. Like you can do it in meditation, through journaling. How you access it is different for everyone. You need to get out of your thinking self somehow. I like I like self-hypnosis. Um, I like Qigong. Um, I like hanging out in water and just floating there. Anything that gets your thinking self out of the way is by definition helping you access your intuition. Once you access it though, if it gives you a message, you have to take action on it. If you rationalize it away, it squelches it. So there's a difference between accessing it and then following it. And yeah, I use my, I follow my intuition for picking my socks for the day. I'm like, I'll literally open the drone and be like, what socks am I supposed to wear today? And then the first thing that pops into my head, I go with. Before that little nattering, thinky, thinky sock, and be like, nah, 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 those are going to be too warm on your feet, and I don't know if that matches your outfit. And nah, 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 nah. the first answer is usually your intuition. Um, I like to use a pendulum. If you've never played with a pendulum before, pendulums are a great way to tune into your intuition. Um, muscle testing is really good. Tarot cards um, allow me to get out of my thinking self and more into my intuitive self. So there's a million ways to access your intuition. A lot of us will access our intuition, but then ignore it because our thinking self will override it. So again, there's a difference between accessing intuition and actually listening to it. And you'll know it's your intuition because it's neutral. Now my rational brain in the beginning was really loud when I would do this because I'm like, well, am I just making it up and blah, 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 blah. Right. And so the whole goal is to get that part out of the way and then follow whatever comes up. I can easily have just had peppermint tea tonight and everything probably would have been fine. The world would have kept spinning and I would have broken rapport with my intuition that told me, no, go this way. And so following your intuition on little things like socks, like tea, helps you build that muscle and build trust with yourself so when the big stuff does come up, you know what to listen for, you know what to look for, you know what to feel for. Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the BTG podcast, which stands for Bridge the Gap, with me, Jen Fable. Remember, if you want to experience my virtual healing circles in real time, visit www.btgwellness.com circle. 
And of course, if you have any questions at any time, please know you're always welcome to reach out to me through social media or through my website at btgwellness.com or through my coaching website, livelifeunbroken.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.